When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I'm Adam Glenn. On the other side of the country is Dax Holt. How are you, sir? Doing good. Can't complain. Oh, summer is uh, summer is over, but is it really over? I mean, how's it for you guys in the West Coast? Is it end at Labor Day, or do you guys is it continuous summer for you guys? No, uh, it'll stay nice for a while. I think into October, it's still pretty like warm over here. It doesn't really get that cold. I mean, honestly, as so crazy as that sounds, that's got to be nice, man. I mean, everyone is like already like they're pumping out like pumpkin stuff. Everything. I'm like. I try to stretch the summer out for as long as possible. I still go to the beach. I try to milk it for as long as possible because the winter is just too damn long. Yeah, it's I brutal. hear you. It's I, I, I don't blame you, but that's also why we pay ridiculously high property taxes because you get sunshine year-round here. Yeah, I know that. So property tax in California is terrible, huh? Well, the cost of living in California is terrible. That's because, true. That's true. <laughs> because it's just so nice. Everyone wants to live here. You know, Mark Wahlberg, shout out to him, the hat. Uh, Mark Wahlberg moved to Vegas recently, and mm-hmm. he's trying to push uh, Sony Studios out to um, Nevada. So if he, I, if Sony move. moves out to Nevada, that would create a lot of – I mean, people would have to relocate their life. However, he potentially might – I mean, it would be weird, but you could maybe save some money, obviously, but you maybe be able to pay a few people less – because the cost of living, I don't know well, what would happen. You could you could pay people the same and then save a ton of money on production because in Vegas a lot of the casinos are paying the taxes for everyone else. That is the whole purpose of them being in there. So the cost of living is less. So if you literally just pay people the same, the money would go a lot further in Vegas than it would here. It's gotta be nice. I mean, just life is just getting so expensive. I went, dude, I, I never eat fast food. I rarely ever eat fast food. Taco yeah. Bell's even expensive now. I thought the same thing the other day. We love Taco Bell. We're always like going. And it's just now it, what used to be like five dollars to feed like a whole family is now <laughs> like like 40. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Where did why did it get so expensive to eat at Taco Bell? Taco Bell, like for it's it's so expensive now. I don't know what it is. I don't know how or how it got so expensive, but it's just the cost. And the thing is, I feel like all, everything else hasn't got like. I feel like pay, like pay hasn't gotten better in show business. However, the cost of living has gone up. Yeah. Did you so, see that Mark Wahlberg, by the way, just sold his huge mansion out here? 
you know what? I want to meet the guy who actually bought it. That mansion is insane. I mean, he's got a, a, a golf hole in, at his he, home. He's got the golf course. He's got a full basketball court. He's got the gym. He's got this insane pool with like different water slides and fountains. And it's one of the craziest houses I've ever seen in L.A., he sold it for 55 million bucks. It's 30,000 square feet. Um, but I have driven right past that house because it's up in uh, Beverly Park, which is this gated mm-hmm. community. And I had to go in there because I had a meeting with this really, really wealthy dude once. And he lived, you know, within, I don't know, a minute of Mark's house. And I remember driving and like, oh, shit, there's Mark's house. Like, I've seen this. I've reported it. I put pictures up on websites about Mark's house. And I remember just driving past it, looking at the huge gates, being like, oh, damn, it's right behind there. Yeah, when you – so you can actually see the house when you drive by it? or No, is it behind you, gates? you just see the gates. But the gates themselves are ridiculously impressive because the walls are so high. The gates are so just – enormous you're, you you know there's a massive house behind it isn't it cool when you drive by a place which is from sort of like a staple like mm-hmm. i remember going in beverly hills and seeing the fresh prince house like whoa that's the fresh prince house or going uh by the osborne's i was like wait this is the osborne's house so i just yeah every time like i'm in la and stuff like that like stumbles upon me i'm like just kind of like it kind of gets surreal it becomes more there's, real. There's a couple houses that I always take people to, like when they come to California, and I'm like, okay, let me just tour you around, you know, like friends from out of the state or friends yeah. from out of the country or whatever, and they want to see LA. So I will take them to the Osborne house because it's a house where they would shoot the exterior, but you can actually see the exterior. There's obviously a wall, but the, the road kind of goes up a little bit, so you can see there's the house, there's the wall, there's everything. So that one's a cool one to show them. Wait, Dex, before you get into that, yeah. that house, it's right off the strip, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not far off the it's strip. Like it's like two seconds away from Boa. Okay, just, good. You yeah. just have to know where to drive, and you'll be there super fast. So that yes. is one place. Um, I will normally show them uh, the house where Michael Jackson died because that is – it was just all over the news. It was covered, you know, so that's one another spot. The Playboy Mansion, because it's just, you know, historic, iconic. Playboy, so yeah. you can't really see much. You kind of pull up and you're like, oh, the Playboy Mansion's behind this wall, I promise. <laughs> so that's one. Aaron Spelling's Mansion, because it was one of the, the, the most expensive homes in L.A. for a very, very long time. Uh, it's got so much history there. And then Ellen DeGeneres, she had a house that was right next to the Playboy Mansion that she like flipped and made all look nice. So I'll point that one out. Paula Abdul had a house right there. And then what else will I show people? Those are kind of the, the main ones. Simon Cowell's house, because his is over kind of by um, Rodeo Drive. But again, it's one of those ones that you can actually see. It's not hidden away. And Simon Cowell's an international star. So kind of everyone always knows where he's at or who he is. So those are the houses I normally show. You know what's so crazy though? You can have Paul Abdul living next to, I don't know, uh, Tory Spelling, mm-hmm. and they can live next to each other for fifteen years, and then they never talk to each other. They just never. LA, California, just real estate is just different. It's not like neighborhoody. Well, I think that's in one of those neighborhoods. Like they're yes. not out walking their dog around the neighborhood where. I, What's different, though, is, okay, so if you're in Beverly Hills, kind of like Tom Cruise or whatever, Paul Abdul, Simon, they're not walking out their gates and, like, walking around because they're going to – people will notice them. It's not easy. In Calabasas, where the Kardashians live, 
yes, Hidden Hills, those people all do go out, walk their dogs, go in their golf carts to go around the place. So you see a lot of those celebs out because everyone who's in there is either filthy rich or a celebrity. And I guess they all go to the same grocery store. They go to the same restaurants in the Mm -hmm. neighborhood. So you know what was just in L.A.? Um, And Dex, I think you've probably covered this a lot over the past, was the Malibu Chili Cook-Off. Yep. And a lot of celebrities go to that. Am I right? Oh, tons. If you if you want to see celebs, go to the cook-off. You will see everyone goes there from like Pink and <laughs> that's all we won't get. The Kardashians Sandler. will go. Yeah. Sandler will go. It's like it's a, a staple out there. Have you been to it? No. No. Because I'm yeah, not I was... driving all the way up there to see some <laughs> famous people. I don't just don't care that much. Yeah, go all the way up there for chili, then you have that long ride home with chili in your stomach, and who knows how many times pull off at a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pull from the side of the road. You're like, oh man, that chili. Um, exactly. But on today's podcast, we are going to cover something that me and you were kind of just talking about stories we didn't believe. Sort of, mm-hmm. sort of like infamous, famous, infamous, whatever you want to call it, stories that just shocked us. When you heard the story, you were just blown away by it. I, I think some of these stories, you didn't even know there was like a clue that they were going to break, would you say? I would say that, but I, when I think about these stories, I'm like, when I first heard it, I was like, there's no way like this has to be just a dumb rumor out there. Well, the, with the exception of one, because I was a part of breaking one of them. But it, well, actually, now I'm looking through them. I was part of breaking a couple. But when you first hear it, you're just like, that can't be true. Like, it's so salacious or so weird or out of out of context for that celebrity that you don't believe it. And then as the details start coming out, you're like, holy shit, like, this is real? This person actually did this? Like, are they insane? I think those are the stories that I wanted to, like, talk about today. Because a lot of people, over the course of my career, when you, when you meet someone that is either, like, they love TMZ or they're just fascinated about celebrity news one thing they're like what is the craziest story you've ever covered well i want to talk about that i want to talk about the craziest story that i've ever covered but like times 10 (laughs) and just talk about all of them before we get into these stories uh when you guys show some love when you guys leave a review um we actually read your review live on air uh some of you guys like to hear your name on the air and so that's giving you a little bit of you know, shouting you out. It's fun to hear your name and your your review on the podcast. It's the best thing to do to support us. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Yes, I do. All right. This one comes from Lindy Fly. It says, fun show. Found you through Juicy Scoop. Really enjoy. I will say the publicist interview was cringe, but not your fault. She's just not a good interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, <I'm> probably... <laughs> I get it. Oops. I can't see I, these before I read them out loud. I, uh, okay. Listen, Clearly not, not a she, fan of Lizzie Grubman, but Lizzie Grubman was such an iconic person in um, in just the Hollywood game for so long um, that it was actually really exciting to get her on the podcast for us personally. Yeah, I get it. I, I'm not mad at her. I thought it was going to go a different direction. However, she is a legendary publicist who is as infamous and famous. Again, I say that, whatever, whatever you want to say. But uh, I appreciate the review. You guys, keep the reviews coming in. Um, if you say five stars, three kind words, we'll actually read your review live on air. Just go to um, go on your Apple iPhone, put in the podcast app, put in Hollywood World Podcast, go all the way to the bottom, say a few kind words, five stars. 
where we give you a shout out that easy, that quick. The best thing to do to support this podcast. Now, Dax, let's talk about a story we didn't believe when we first heard it. Um, okay. What's the first one that comes to mind when you when we talk about this topic? What's that story that just shocked you and put you you know that really just blew you away? You didn't see coming. There's one that I that immediately comes to mind, but I'm not going to say that one yet. I think the story that I really was blown away by was Tiger Woods, was the scandal, was the perfect golfer image shattered within a month and how he was the biggest athlete on the entire planet. He had this squeaky clean image that like you didn't think could be tarnished. And then it all fell apart so fast. And I think when I first heard the rumors of like him cheating, I think it was like National Enquirer that broke the first story. Yeah, there was some. Uh, yeah, there was. Unfortunately, that my, my mind just went to, oh, it's not true. Like this is just some bull crap that National Enquirer is spitting out. And and in National Enquirer's defense, even though they don't have the best reputation, they've broken a ton of stories over the years like huge massive massive stories but because they've also had weird like alien kind of stories people tend not to believe them uh but this story um evolved very quickly but i'm telling you the first time i heard it, i was like there's no way this is true i yes i think it's because golf is such a clean cut sport and when you hear about an incident going on at two thirty in the morning, especially at Tiger Woods' house, where he drove his Escalade into like the bushes and shrubs of his neighbor, crashing into a fire hydrant. I mean, it was such a scene. So when you have such a wild scene come out of golf, I think that was just shocking. And then when you have Tiger Woods, who is one of the biggest athletes in the world, and everything that went along with it, it was crazy. I, I mean, this story for me was very, very, it's a very hard story for me because it was the start of my, um, I guess raising red flags at a company I was working at and the company, they showed their true colors with this and it, it basically put me, it's a hard, it's a difficult story to discuss because what it went, what it, what it made me go through. So mm -hmm. one of Tiger Woods' neighbors is a friend of mine or was, a, you know, is a friend of mine or one of his old neighbors in Orlando. And the person was a celebrity and lived in the neighborhood where the crash was. So I had a boss at one of my jobs hit me up and say, Hey, can you give me that person's phone number? And I don't give people celebrities phone numbers. It's something I would never do. And they wanted the phone number because they wanted to see if their ring camera or if their security cameras at their house had access to Tiger driving waste or that like anything that had kind of gone on in that neighborhood. And I didn't want to get my friend involved, even though they're a celebrity. I don't want them to, I don't want them, I don't want to put my friend in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And the company the boss was like, I know you have the phone number. Give me the phone number. And I said, I didn't have the phone number. And they said, are you telling me you don't have this person's phone number? And I said, I don't have this person's phone number, even though I did, but I refused to give up this person's phone number. And that was the first thing that like the boss really started to 
come down on me for and like our relationship start to change because I refused to give that phone number because again my friend had nothing to do with it they're a big celebrity it could only bring them harm yeah and they and they didn't they didn't have anything to do with it but I just for me personally I know that's nothing to do with the story but I just remember what came from that story and little um, PTSD from Tiger Woods it really is but the story itself the Tiger Woods I mean there were so many layers there but I also thought it was a very relatable story where people Mm -hmm. could understand the story what what part of that story was relatable to you (laughs) no it was just easy to understand tiger was with multiple women one of them was rachel you could tell we had on the podcast his wife or ex-wife now ellen knew about it came out broke the window of his suv with a golf club dragged her husband on the street and then i mean it was just we, we we got all the details right away yeah now i think so I think one it was so violent too. There was yeah, again there was, was no you know but there was, but it wasn't even just that. It was the fact that we also there found was out that night that, one, that Tiger Woods was taking Vicodin as painkillers. Yeah. Like he might have been arrest, abusing him. That that got that got yeah. crazy too. But I think it was like not that it was just like one mistress, but then it was like, oh, another woman has come forward. Oh now another woman. I mean, we got up to 15 women who came forward during that whole scandal, dude. Like, it was just one after another, after another, after another. And I think that's where it was so bizarre that you're like, I couldn't even make this up. It is so out of control. And remember, the 15th mistress was like literally the daughter of the next door neighbor that he had met when she was 14 years old. So... It's just, it was, I don't know. There was so many twists and turns to the Tiger Woods story that, again, I, I think about the day that I heard and I was like, this can't be true, to today where I think, oh, yeah, you know, this man confessed to sleeping with 120 women. And I was so naive back then not to even believe it. He could, I mean, he pretty much admit he, he did. He, had, he admitted to it. So I mm-hmm. think that's from a guy who was such a, clean cut image in the sport of golf which is known as a you know wealthy sport you didn't think a scandal like this could come from it and essentially when we look back it might have been the thing that kind of just changed the projectile of his whole career oh 100 percent. there's no doubt in that he would covered he still would have been the biggest star on the planet and it derailed all of that for him um and i i think it really goes back to you think you know someone but you really don't like and I think, you think their their reputation that they've built up over time is like who they are, and a lot of times that's not the case. The girls he was with, they became stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I know two of them. Um, I don't want to get I don't. I, I wasn't with them, but I I know I'm friends with two of them, and we only know about I would say what 15, 20 of them. There's probably more there that we just never even heard her side either. Ellen, mm-hmm. Ellie, whatever her name is, Elin. we just never heard Elon. We never heard her side where if she even knew a little bit of it or if she just took complete that was part of the agreement. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because that know does happen. That. Let's let's be real. That does happen in showbiz and sometimes the world where this is the relationship. Not even show, I, I feel like it happens more in sports, like basketball players and stuff. Yeah. I feel like it is a it is a don't ask, don't tell, don't embarrass me type situation. At least what I've heard from a lot of people is like when you're on the road, do what you need to do, um, but don't do it publicly. Don't embarrass and, me. And don't embarrass me. And yeah. 
this is the life that we have agreed to live, which is something I, I can't relate to, but if that works for them, it works for them. That's, so, do you anyway. remember with this story? Do you remember where you were when this story kind of broke? Um, I'm trying to think of the very first one, the Inquirer run. I, I believe that I was at TMZ, but it was early in the morning. Like when I got to work, I would have to go through all the stories from the night before and like what's breaking, what's happening. And that's where I was like sitting at my desk reading about this. I think someone sent it out. It was like, here's the story. Here's the big story of the morning. And I'm like, what? But then I was a part of the second half of it, which was the car crash. Like that to me was the Thanksgiving day or right before Thanksgiving day where I was at my mom's house and we were sitting down to eat Thanksgiving dinner. And I got the call being like, hey, there's photos of this car crash that just happened um, where Tiger was involved with his wife inside his community. And so I was a part of buying all those photos for TMZ of the car crash. So I was directly involved in the second one, uh, but not the, the first one was a, a National Enquirer thing. Were the neighbors, were you buying photos from the neighbors? Or how, I, don't who know, the I don't know who it was. I don't remember. I just remember someone had photos of the the accident. What's another story that really shocked you, that blew you away? Um, I think Mel Gibson. I think the, you know, this whole anti-Semitic tirade on the side of PCH. Um, I, I was at TMZ during the time when we broke that story. But again, it was one of those Mel Gibson to me. I had grown up with watching all these amazing Mel Gibson movies and to be like sitting in the newsroom hearing no, you know, this story and how it was unfolding and him calling the the cops sugar tits and like all these things. And I'm like, what? Like it was almost so surreal. You couldn't believe it again. Um, And the way this one really came out was he was arrested. He was booked for DUI. Um, and then the cops had basically put out a statement saying, oh, no, all was good. He, he was booked and uh, no issue, no incident happened. And then, you know, I don't remember if it was Harvey or someone else got tipped off that that wasn't what had happened, that there there was so much more to this story that the um, the Malibu police were hiding for him. And we're like, what? And so they started digging into it. So how did you hear it? Wait, first of all, so stop right there. How did you guys hear that the Malibu police, because this was essentially one of the first stories that really put TMZ on the map, like start to really get some mm-hmm. gas behind them because that we, we were starting to see like, hey, the police were hiding information. Yeah. Do you know how um, they were on that stuff? I don't remember. You know, I, I mean, and obviously I couldn't reveal a source anyway, but uh, I don't remember how it all unfolded. It was so long ago. I was so green in the industry because it was back in like, what 2006 i mean i had literally just started at tmz back then um but i remember us getting more information saying hey what they're telling you is not the truth there is a bunch of redacted information that you guys need to find out about and once that information came forward it was so shocking. Like, so it said basically in the redacted part that once he was inside the car, um, he began banging himself to the seat. The report said that he was calling, telling the deputy, you motherfucker, I'm going to fuck you. The report also says Gibson almost continually threatened her saying he owns Malibu. He will spend all of his money to get even with her. Then launched into the whole anti-Semitic statement saying, 
uh, fucking Jews. The Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. And then he asked her if she was a Jew. Um, and I guess this was like freaking her out because this was escalating so much. Um, and, and then he said, what the fuck do you think you're going to do? A law enforcement source then told Gibson then noticed another female son yelled, what do you think you're looking at sugar tits? I mean, he just went crazy that night. And I remember it was at like two, two in the morning and then he was given a breathalyzer test and it was like 0.12% and was booked going 85 miles an hour down the street. And again, all these things are just like, what? Like this is so uncharacteristic for Mel Gibson. But as you unfold it over time, you realize it's not uncharacteristic. It's who he was. He was just better at hiding it for so long. And what his dad was like a big, like anti-Semite type guy. Didn't we mm -hmm. learn that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I there, there were yeah. many more things that came forward over time where he just he has not been a fan of Jews and Jews in Hollywood and all of that, which is crazy because I, I feel like him being such a big deal in Hollywood, you know, that that's his those are his the people that help making his movies, you yeah. know, it's, it's crazy. Um so I don't know that that sort of was wild. And then if you remember, it kept spiraling. He was with Oksana Goryeva and remember he threatened to like bury her in the Rose Garden, punch out her teeth and all this stuff. And again, I just you look at someone one way and you realize that's not who they really are. Yeah, um, it's funny because you could see Mel Gibson. He goes to UFC events and when yeah. he goes to UFC events, you know, they always put this celebrities on the big screen or they'll kind of shot him out on the TV production about which celebrities are there. And they'll say, Oh, look who's here. We have uh, David Beckham in the crowd. And then you see in the corner, there's Mel Gibson and they never address Mel Gibson anymore. If he's ever there. Yeah. Cause he, he's shunned, but yet he's still made movies after all of this, you know? Well, I mean, was there any now. huge movies? Well, did was Passion of the Christ after all this, or was I it think, before? I think it was after, uh, before. I believe it was before. Let me see. So, Let me do a little googly. I know he did that weird Beaver movie, Passion of the Christ. What year was? Oh, uh, two thousand four. So yeah, it was right before all this. I think it was just. Uh, I don't know if. He, I don't know if he's Mel done Gibson else was big. the biggest star in the world. I mean, what, mm -hmm. not the, the biggest star, but he was a A list. There's celebrities oh, yeah. and there's A list. There's there's A list and there's movie stars. Mel Gibson was a movie star, and just like that, everything crumbled. Crumbled. Okay, talk about everything crumbling. Moving on from Mel Gibson, what about Mark Sailing? When that Mark story Sailing. broke, Mark Sailing, who was one of the biggest stars of Glee. And then gets caught and pleads guilty oh. to possession of child pornography involving a prepubescent minor during an in-person court appearance that he had. And then he was he had to register as a sex offender, undergo treatment, pay fifty thousand dollars in restitution to each of his victims uh, as part of that plea deal. But this is a dude who again seemingly has this amazing life. He's on top of the world. He's on this huge hit show. Made a ton of money. He's a good-looking dude, and then you're like, "What? He's looking at kitty porn? Like, yeah, what?" And unbelievable, unbelievable story. Well, that wasn't the first thing that happened with him. He was also uh, accused of committing sexual battery, uh, and this was back in two thousand. 
uh, he, I guess he was accused of committing sexual battery in 2011, but in January 2013, I guess the ex-girlfriend came out and he denied the charges and he filed a countersuit for defamation of character. In the end, uh, Mark and the girl settled and he agreed mm-hmm. to pay her $2.7 million, okay. which is again, a lot of money for a Glee star. Again, that to me, like... People do dumb shit, right? People do dumb shit. We've seen it over and over again where you, you put hands on someone, you go to you, you get in trouble, but kitty porn is on another level. Oh, I 1000% agree. Uh, I mean, that's not even a question. He, got, he committed suicide. He hung himself. And mm-hmm. back in 2018, uh, they found his body at least like six hours after his missing. I guess someone... Yeah. Uh, you know, they said they, they found it near his home. So yeah, because what, the he didn't do it at his home. He did it near his home. So they found a guy hanging. Yeah, which because is, you know why? The world doesn't take kindly to people when it involves children. Like, so, you go to prison for that. You're going to get beat up every single day. You, you cannot walk down the street once you've been, once you've pled guilty to child porn. I'm sorry, but there's there's no coming back. And I think he knew that. And he was like, I just... I just need to go is my assumption. Well, I mean, so let me ask you this. I guess because the child porn, that's what made it really intense. But Glee also had another death that I think caught us all. By. You're talking about Corey? Yeah, Corey. I mean, and that's that... two major stars of the show who, you know, one actually was suicide. The other one was, you know, substance abuse. Mm-hmm. So he, I just remember when Corey died, and Corey had a relationship with Leah Michelle, and I think we're just like, Whoa. oh. And by the way, let's not remember, let's not forget Naya Rivera too. And Naya Rivera, Naya. like that show was legit cursed, man. She, yeah, that sh- man, Naya Rivera, she, uh, she, she drowned in a lake, if mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, yeah. She had like a, she, it was her and her son. They had boating. like a, yeah. yeah, they had like a pontoon boat. Is that what you call it? Like those little yep. easy boats, and she. She drowned in a lake, but Corey, I think we didn't know that uh, they found him in a hotel in Vancouver. And I, it's just that they, they just found who knew like a guy like that, that looked like he had it all together. He was always like the all, he was the all American guy. You know, he was also like, he was into like charities. He was big for LGBT rights, dies from drugs. Well, you could say the same for um, Heath Ledger. Looked like he had his the he had everything together, but you know had a lethal combination, some drugs that he went to bed with, and boom, gone. Um, but yeah, I think Mark Corey. These are guys that seemingly are on top of the world. Seem like they got their shit together, and next thing you know, you're doing a story that you're like, I can't believe I'm talking about this right now. There's no way I would have ever predicted this in my life. I mean. Yeah, I mean, is is there a death recently that really shocked you? I know Bob Barker just died. Um, I, I'm not shocked Jimmy, by Bob Barker. He was well, 99 was years old. old. But you know what? Jimmy Buffett shocked me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was yeah. 78 years old and or 76 years old. I'm sorry, skin cancer. He had well, it wasn't just from skin cancer. He had was it melanoma, whatever it was from from skin cancer. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Buffett was one of those guys where he hid what he was going through pretty well, and I know. I think from the last week of his life, what we're hearing about that he, you know, was starting to tell people about what was going on. But 
I mean, again, I was shocked by Jimmy Buffett. I just thought that guy was still at 78, still living, living like a king. But yeah. I mean, that could be a whole thing in itself about shocking deaths, because I think, you know, a lot of these deaths were always shocked by um, Dax, Is there another story that kind of blows you away? Uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking back to Kim and Chris Humphreys when their wedding took over the entire world for months and months and months. And I was at TMZ at the time. So it was just like every day there needed to be a new story about them, about their wedding, about, you know, details coming out from the wedding. And so the shocking part came 72 days after marriage when she filed for divorce. And it was so it was on October 31st, back in 2011, the filing came out. She cited irreconcilable differences, requested that neither of them have spousal support. And basically, she put out a statement saying, you know, I, I had hoped this marriage was forever, but sometimes things don't work out as planned. And I I remember when Us Weekly, like, put out that statement, I was like, wait, what? Because they hadn't played the show. Like, you, you had obviously when they're filming Keeping Up the Kardashian, you saw that there was issues between the two of them. But that season hadn't played out. So you didn't know how bad things were. It was like you go from this, they're a huge marriage. Everyone's talking about it. It's the next big marriage around the world to she filed for divorce. And again, it came out and you're like, there's no way. Something has to be wrong. There's yeah. no way she just filed for divorce. I do not believe it for one second. Like that's not possible that they... Or are already divorcing, and then it was true. I will give Chris Humphreys a lot of credit, and I don't know if this is legal, so for legality reasons, he can't speak. But he hasn't played basketball since, I guess he stopped playing basketball in 2017. He officially retired in 2019. But we, and it's funny, I was at a club maybe a little less than a year ago. I'm like, I don't know, during the, maybe six months ago, I was at a club and I saw him at the club. And no one else is realizing, or is still, maybe I'm just the old guy at the club, like, this guy was actually married to Kim Kardashian. And we never heard his side. He never really spoke about the divorce, and nor, neither did Kim. Mm -hmm. And that could have been in the, the document saying, hey, you can't ever speak about it. Because, again, because of the length of that marriage, people wondered if this was a publicity stunt orchestrated by E! Entertainment, Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, to promote Kim and the Kardashians. So we never really heard his side of that relationship. Didn't he speak on his sister's podcast at one point? Like, just mentioned it? I feel like that sounds familiar in my head, but I don't remember. Check on that. Check on that. But he hasn't really... Listen, the guy has... Kim Kardashian is one of the biggest people in the world. He could do very well speaking about that relationship. Mm -hmm. And he never really went crazy speaking about that marriage or what went on during that wild two months of everything that was going on. He, I mean, I guess he got married to her, what, 2000? They began dating in 2010, engaged in 2011, and they got they were, divorced. In 2011. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so Often, fast. The whole so thing quick. was like a whirlwind. I mean, it's more, it's, you know, we're talking about 13 years ago it, that happened. But yeah, it's still, it was crazy. It was it crazy. Was crazy. We, oh, we, let, sorry. I'm going to move on because I thought of a story that's even crazier than that one. Yes, their divorce was crazy. But you know which one really blew my mind? That again, it it took numerous stories for me to actually even believe it was 
possibly true. All right, hold least... on. Let, let, give me, hold on. Don't tell me yet. Is it a divorce? No. Okay, I was going to guess if it was a divorce. Can you give me roughly the storyline? I could guess what one blew you away. Well, I, the second I say any part of it, you're going to guess it. Okay. It was a hoax. Hmm. A racial, racially stimulated hoax, if that makes any sense. I now I'm not. I'm bad at these blind item things. What was a, a racially stimulated? Oh, oh, are we talking about the guy, the the Trump, the Trump guy, the uh, Jesse? Where, yes, uh, Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett. Yeah, that to me. <laughs> Again, every detail of that story. Okay, so when people ask me, what's the craziest story you've ever been a part of? That happened. That has to be in my top five. Because... The crazy part is Justice still stands by his whole thing. You can't make that shit up. It is so weird. Like, for him to say that he was basically a part of the... uh, uh, The victim of a hate crime. To then... Like in the world, do you remember the world like came around him and like embraced him and said, like, we're here for you to then find out that he fucking played a trick on all of us. And it was basically a giant hoax and that he ended up having to um, after his sentence, he had to spend 30, 30 months of felony probation, 150 days in jail and ordered to pay $120,000 in restitution and $25,000 in a fine for making false reports to the police that he was the victim of that crime. I mean, yeah. what? Like, what? <laughs> I, it just how quickly that script changed on him where, like I said, he, he had garnished so much, like, sympathy, and then... People don't want to be tricked in that regards. Like we just gave you our sympathy and now we're finding that it was for no reason other than, I don't know if you wanted to have a bigger name in Hollywood. I don't, I I don't even remember like what the point of that was, if it was just to get his name out there bigger or what, but that shit was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the funnier part about this is Jussie Smollett still, even that it went to court and he was found guilty he still stands by his, oh, no, it was, I was attacked. I was attacked. And I think the funniest part of this, how did they start to question right away that this was? Because none of it helped. made sense. They were watching the, um, like, the CTV. The cameras and the guys cameras. were together. It didn't make sense. Remember, they talked to the two brothers or the twins or whatever they were. Yeah. And they basically ended up confessing that, yeah, we... We were paid by Jesse. We didn't actually do it. Uh, so it just, it all started to kind of steamroll to, oh shit, this was a big hoax. They found him with rope around his neck. Like, they're like, why didn't you take the rope off your neck? That's like, right. You, that is you know, right. Why did you keep walking with rope around your neck? He literally, sh- like, they op- the police went to his apartment and they opened the door and he still had it around his neck. And they were like, you wouldn't take that off? Like, you're just, you're just wearing it like it's a necklace now? Like, everything was just done in a very poor fashion but i think the funniest part is it's like that shows you what kind of actor he is or how bad of an actor he is that when he walked in the police precinct even though someone in that police precinct knew who he was they're like yeah this this is not true this this gotta be something weird this like why are you still wearing the rope around your neck yeah it's crazy yeah and that 
that's a fun one. That's oh, a fun like, one. And he, it's crazy. I, I we're saying the word crazy a lot, but it's true. I it's know. just, it's a, that to me, that's just a wild story that what people do to use the tabloids for their own career and mm-hmm. show business. And I wonder, I think some of the other cast members of that show that he was on still stood by him, but no, Come most on. people they they did at the beginning, and then it was like then they distance themselves. Like back up, back up, back up. Don't be around. Don't be associated with him anymore. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else is. When someone asked me craziest story, so obviously Jesse's in there. I mean, do, we got to talk probably Megan and Harry, right? Like, would anyone believe that they exited the royal family when they left the royal family? I think we were all shocked. I think we were all shocked of all people, especially here in America, that it was mm-hmm. an American celebrity. That and it wasn't like a big celebrity. She was an actress. And actually, I'm rewatching Suits right now. I'm not rewatching. I'm watching for the first time Suits. That it's an older show, I guess. And I really enjoy the show. But like, whoa, that girl that was a small, like a decent sized role, but smaller role on Suits is marrying a prince. And now they're gonna go. They're gonna leave the castle. Yeah, looking now that I'm watching Suits, to me, even blows my mind more. Well, and if you remember back when they first, like when they got married, obviously that wedding was ridiculous. And then they went on their like tour through like Australia, and they just seemed like they were a breath of fresh air to the royal family at that time. And how how quickly that switched from being this breath of fresh air to being like the tarnished part of the Royal family. And then being like, I don't want to say kicked out because they made it seem like it was their choice to leave. You know, they they confirmed her majesty. They would not be returning as working Royal members of the family. And then, okay, now they're getting up and they're leaving and they're going to Canada. Now they're moving to California. So it was all very much on, on them. But again, if you would were to ask me, you know, back in 2019 or 2020, whenever the hell they got married, if I thought that they would, we would be where we're at right now, wouldn't have believed you. Which is I would have like, nope, these are the, these two are changing the royal family. We're all embracing the royal family even more. We're liking them even more because it's just different. It's a different vibe. And then it just was like, you just got to think of the people that Meghan Markle might have been hanging out with in her circle. Like who she was, who she was hanging out with. Now she met the Prince Harry through, uh, I guess, one of Harry's childhood friends, Mm -hmm. and she was kind of working herself in Hollywood, trying to, you know, you you become part of your network, and she was trying to hang in that circle of very successful people, and all of a sudden here she is as a, I would say I wouldn't say a struggling actress, but I'd say a working actress, but not a star by any means. And now the people, because she left the castle and obviously married Prince Harry, now she's dealing with Oprah. She's dealing with uh, uh, Tyler Perry. She's got her, – her network is just insane now, mm-hmm. the people that she's with. Like talking about a girl who worked the system and, and moved her ways and finessed her way in Hollywood, like it's pretty incredible. And then obviously them leaving the castle and she was a big part of that I, I, you have to imagine she would be in her, his ear or maybe yeah. he was already said i'm already checked out but well, yeah i mean this brings me to decision on their part but I, um, this story didn't shock me that much though dax because 
I only became more involved or knowledgeable, I guess, of what happened with um, like post yeah. when they were already kind of on their way out. Yeah. So then I learned mm-hmm. how big the, the 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 king and queen are back there. So like that's how this story kind of became. So it didn't hit me as hard. But now when I look back at it now, because I'm watching Suits, it's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. What's something else? Um, uh, let's see, wait, by the way, my phone's going off right now. Do you hear those dings? Yes. I mean, so I'm I mean, like, shut the phone off, bro. I What's apologize. going on? I mean, text messages from a guy who's at a suite at the U.S. Open. If he's been following you know, Daily Mail the past two weeks, you've been seeing all the celebrities going to the, Daily, uh, going to the U.S. Open. Well, in the suite is Naomi Campbell. And he's like, dude, guess who's in my suite? It's Naomi Campbell. My friend is the U.S. Open paparazzi, and he's at the U.S. Open just to shoot all the celebrities there, which kind of oh. boosts up the the attention of the tournament. And yeah. so I'm going to have my buddy who's shooting it shoot the suite in Naomi Campbell, but my buddy's going to try to do what I do and sneak in the background of the photos. <laughs> so, and again, the guy who bought the suite must have paid, I don't know, I'm going to guess maybe around 35K minimum. Yeah. For the suite, so it's a good guy to me to help out because he wants the attention. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. What's another story? Um, I'll 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 tell you one that I remember exactly where I was when I found out about it. Um, Kristen Stewart cheating on Robert Pattinson. I who, remember. Wait, wait, first, who she cheat on him with? Uh, with Rupert, Rupert Sanders. It was okay. the director of uh, Snow White: The Huntsman. And gotcha. the Huntsman. Um, she, so she had been filming the movie with whatever. But um, I remember sitting at my desk at TMZ, getting a call from a paparazzi and saying, I have photos for you to look at. We're selling them exclusively. Um, are you interested? And I remember, obviously, they were all watermarked and all that kind of stuff. And getting the photos. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is the biggest story like ever right now. And you got to remember Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart were the two biggest stars on the entire planet. It's back in 2009 of the twilight stuff. Like when the, when twilight was huge, there was no stars bigger than them. And then their love story was also, it, it eclipsed all of it. And it was like, Everyone was talking about it. All these kids around the world wanted to know every little thing. So to then get photos in my lap of her making out with Rupert on the side of the road up in the Hollywood Hills. Like I remember like their car was parked, but they got out of it and they were literally just in the hills somewhere. And they were like leaning up against the guardrail, just making out. And I'm like, am I really looking at this right now? Like, is this possible? That she is cheating on Robert Pattinson with the director of the movie? Like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Keep in mind, he was married at the time. So both of them were cheating on their loved ones. Um, And I remember at the time, uh, I don't think we bought the exclusive. I want to say someone paid a shit ton of money. Maybe it was Us Weekly. I think Us Weekly ended up buying the exclusive putting it up we had to wait to we could we could talk about you know the whole thing but we couldn't show the photos for maybe like a day or two while that exclusive went out but that that like broke the internet right there those photos let me ask you dax when a paparazzi says i want to say the photos what makes you guys not run the story 
without the photos. So like, hey, fuck it. We just got a story. We don't need to use your photos. We say, hey, Kristen Stewart is having an affair with Robert Sanders. Rupert Sanders. Um, oh, Rupert Sanders sorry. No, you have, you have to kind of find a new angle. Like, because... Yeah, but you guys can break they, the story. But that paparazzi she's doing just it. won't. Yeah, they just won't come back to you with stories next time. Then, if you just steal the story and put but that it happens up a lot. The, that happens it does a lot. happen a lot. But and we know you're you're an ex company that we you know we worked with. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I do feel like there there were many times where stories would come to us, and if you're like, if you don't buy it, you can't run the story, and that's kind of it's got to be an integrity thing, honestly, because that company or that person will not come back to you next time if you burn them. But, yeah, I don't trust my co- I don't trust that company. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I mean, I, I did a lot because I was in charge of the photo department. Um, there would be things that would land on my desk, and I would make it very clear that if we don't want to buy it, we don't get to run it. And um, and it just, you, you wouldn't run it in, unless you came up with a different angle. So once it breaks, I would say once it breaks, then it's kind of fair game, right? Like sure. the second that Us Weekly were, were to post those photos, okay, now you can do a story and you can even point back to Us Weekly and say, Us Weekly, who got the first photos of the two of them kissing, blah, 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 blah. Now you do the whole story on it. Looking back at this story, this was the best thing to ever happen to Robert Pattinson, possibly. I think no. And Kristen too, because no, I think this was the best thing to happen to Liberty Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Liberty Ross, who was Rupert Sanders wife at the time. She, they obviously went through a divorce. Um, I think that divorce was pretty smooth, but she ended up starting to date Jimmy Iovine after that billionaire, Jimmy Iovine. She ended up getting married to Jimmy Iovine, um, who was, you know, 10 pay grades higher than uh, Rupert Sanders. And she got herself into a whole different category and living a great life. And so I think that that this whole thing, the best thing to happen to Liberty Ross, she won out in all of this. But Robert, Robert Pattinson wound up ending, you know, now he's been with Suki Waterhouse, who is a good looking woman. So Mm -hmm. good for him. Again, they weren't going to get married, so it was a good rip of the Band-Aid. But this, uh, yes, you're right. You because like- Twilight was so big, I, I don't even know how to compare. Like, obviously, I think our audience is roughly our age, so they they know how big Twilight is. But have you ever seen a movie as big as Twilight that took over the world like that? So, a franchise. I mean, I w- the only other ones I could compare to are like end game and stuff and like the Marvel movies, but, but it's different because it's not a love story where it's centered around two people. Like the Marvel movies, there's so many main characters that it's not like it's on two people. Whereas that was three people. It was Robert, Kristen, and um, what's his face? Taylor Lautner. Like those were the stars of that movie. And yeah, it was, that story was wild. Well, they were America, even though they're, yeah, they were just America's new it couple. Mm-hmm. And they were and young and attractive young. and, and all to of end that. like that, co-stars, and to end like that was like, what? But I do what? feel like this also derailed Kristen's career a bit. Because if you remember... She was a villain. The year, the year she put out Huntsman, the Snow White movie, she was the highest paid actress 
in Hollywood. She had done Twilight and Snow White, and she was making crazy amounts of money. And then after that, it kind of tarnished her reputation. And she wasn't getting booked for the movies. Like, what, what was the last Kristen Stewart movie? The uh, No, I couldn't even tell you. Was it the one where she played uh, the rocker? I couldn't even tell you. I don't even guess, but I'm sure she has worked since. No, I know she's worked. Yeah, but nothing memorable. Nothing where you're like, oh my God. Nothing as big as the Twilight franchises. Oh, by the way, Snow White. Have you seen the new Adam? Oh, she did Spencer. I'm such an idiot. She did Spencer, where she was literally nominated for an Oscar. Okay. All right. Well, we take that back. Again, (laughs) not my kind of movie. Um, I didn't watch it. By the way, it's totally off subject. Do you see the new Adam Sandler Bot Mitzvah movie? I've seen previews for it. I really want to watch it. It looks yeah, really good. Yeah, that seems fun. That seems fun. I don't know why I just thought of that. <laughs> what is that? The t- <laughs> um, all right, give me one more story, Dex. Uh, are we do- like last one? Yeah, give me one more. I think this is like okay. a. Well, I got to. I got to give two. One, we're okay. going to give a mention, and then the last one, I think, is one that we've mentioned numerous times that we still need to mention in this rundown. But I think. I think the cheating scandal with Sandra Bullock and Jesse James was also one of those stories where when it came out, I'm like, there is no goddamn way Jesse James is cheating on Sandra motherfucking Bullock. Like did not think it was possible. And then when you saw the woman he was cheating on her with, I'm like, she was such a complete opposite of who Sandra Bullock is. You know, it was Michelle bombshell McGee who just was covered when I say from face to feet with tattoos, that's like literally on her face, on her arms, on her leg, like everywhere. And I'm like, what? Like he cheated on her with her. Wait, what? what's happening right now? Um, so I think that story, and it was like fresh after her winning an Oscar. So she was also like the biggest name in Hollywood at the time. And then to find out her husband was cheating on her uh, was wild. So I just wanted to mention that one. But I think, I think the biggest story of all time that I always mention when people ask me is Caitlyn Jenner's transition. Why that story? Because what, what resonates with that story with you? Were were you working at TMZ at the time or I was at TMZ at the time and not believing the stories that were breaking out of national Enquirer the stories about Bruce having dresses, the stories about, um, the Adam's apple surgery, getting the Adam's apple removed. Uh, again, numerous stories had come out week after week after week that even though it, they were all kind of in, within the same line, I didn't believe them because I just felt like the Kardashians and the Jenners were such a focal of a focal point for everyone and a target and, no matter what they did, it was they were it was scrutinized for everything. And so I just thought, oh, this is another made up bullcrap story to just be aimed at the Kardashian Jenner family to make them look bad or whatever. And it felt so far fetched from what I knew of Bruce at the time and couldn't fathom that that was he always seemed like this manly man out, you know, riding his motorcycles and this and that and the head you know that that the patriarch of the family i it just was so crazy to me that i i couldn't believe it and over the months and months and months i'm like holy shit this is this is real but did it seem fake or you couldn't really believe it was real 
because it was the Kardashians and behind it. Is I think that that's, a, that's a part of it too. But uh, hearing the patriarch of the family transitioning genders, like I'm sure this happens around the country with certain families, you know what I'm saying? But like to be a family in front of the spotlight and for this to be, you know, transpiring in front of our eyes, I, I didn't believe it. And I'm telling you, I was, Every story that came out, I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Like, I, I remember posting on social media just being like, this is the dumbest story I've heard all day. Like, give me a break. And then I had to eat my words like six months later. Yeah. I, it was that photo. I just remember, I think he was, she, Caitlin was, well, at the time it was Bruce. I think was after they got the Adam's apple removed. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, wait, what? But again, it was like, is it really, or is this just Bruce walking out of a a medical facility with like a bandage around his neck at the time? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they making it into more than it really is? Did he have a lump on his throat? Like, and again, I'm not being disrespectful towards Caitlin. I'm speaking about Bruce because at that time he was Bruce. Do you think Caitlin still looks back at that time? And understands how crazy it is for people to see about that transition. And I, I, listen, I, I'm glad I, that I she's think, happy. Yeah, I think for her. Day, like, I think for us to be like, wow, this was the most athletic. Bruce was the most, at one time, was the most athletic man in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially an alpha male for a little bit. And then to hear what we found later how upset Bruce was being in male clothes. And then... Mm-hmm. I wonder if he looks or Caitlin looks back and says, man, I can understand where people, not that they couldn't come to terms with it, but how they were just like baffled by this, how they blew him away. I'm sure she knows that how baffling it can be. And I'm glad she can live her own truth at this point. And, you know, cause it, it would, it's probably hard for an average person that isn't famous to, come out and tell their family something about them like this. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts to do something like that. But think how much it takes to be a public figure and come yeah. out and acknowledge and admit this to the world and then go through your transition on a very public platform. I think she knew this is going to be tough. Uh, this is going to be the toughest thing I've ever had to do in my life, but there's also going to be a lot of people out there that are inspired by this and can now live their truth or give them the courage to tell their family or whatever. So I think she knew the power of what she was doing. Yeah. Um, but that said, I think we got to do part two about this. Cause it's kind of bring me like to one of those things to, to think back about these wild times in the last, I don't know, two, three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these stories, but I appreciate you guys watching. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, Thank you for listening. Make sure you guys leave a review. It's the best thing to do to support this podcast. Follow us, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record, um, which you guys should join. It's a really, really good group. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. We should do a part two on this because there's so many other stories that kind of – it's just one of those things. It really takes your breath away. Like the Jesse Small thing, like, man, man. After all these stories, I'm like, damn. Damn, yeah. it's just it's a wild thing. Uh, but uh, we'll crazy. do another one. Uh, all right, Dax, thank you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.
A Huda Media Production.